Hello and welcome to Touchline from Casper Els and Mark Cameron. Hello, Mark. Hi, Cas. Nice being back. Definitely is. Talking some United Rugby Championship results this weekend. Um, actually, a very good weekend for South African rugby. Two wins, a draw, and a loss, which shouldn't have been, but we'll discuss it a little bit later. Um, Sharks, Osprey, 27 Sharks, Osprey, 13. Um, Glasgow Warriors, 13. Empress Lions, 9. Edinburgh, 20. DHL Stormers, 20. And the Bulls with a good win coming back. Uh, Cardiff, 19. Boracom Bulls, 29. Your thoughts, Mark? Well, firstly, let's start with the Lions. Um, you know, there's there's lots of talk about how unfortunate um, the Lions were that they lost. Um, rightfully so. Firstly, firstly, let's. Uh, we spoke to Ricardo Lopesha last week and and publicly promised that the Lions would be a lot better. And as we go through the tournament, they will get better and defensively and attack and. Hats off to the coaching staff after such a short time. And Ricardo, Definitely. even Van Royen, and Jacques Fourier, and Albert van der Berg obviously have set a, a proper mark there and they've definitely made their mark. Um, you know, and, and as you've just alluded to, that's a game that they technically should have won. Um, a lot, a much better performance than, than the previous ones. Um, I don't think they... They're there yet in the sense of the first half that they had against Zebra. Yes. Um, but a lot better in the sense of, of full game management and playing. And then we're alluding to a game that they should have won um, with regards to the points that try was obviously scored against them with DMO. Um, video clips being showed clearly shows short of the line. Yes. And, and the try was obviously awarded. So if you take those seven points away... Um, even if it was five points away, the Lions would have won. So I think it was they were they were sure done by there, and and hopefully they would have learned learned from that. Although that's something that is out of your hands, you can't control it. But I think, regardless of the loss, I think they would have taken a, quite a bit out of it to know that they are good enough, they are capable, um, and that goes for all of our teams, you know. So the Lions, unfortunately, hopefully this week they they can make a difference. And then definitely bounce back. But yeah, we had a we had a great weekend. And then the Stormers game was something to watch. Um, once again, the Stormers um, and Edinburgh holding one another uh, second half to a 20-all draw. Um, they went off half-time 20-all, and they finished the game at 20-all. Um, it was it was an absolute brilliant game to watch. Yeah, it was. I think it was actually quite disappointing though, from a more so, well. If you if you're a Scotsman, then obviously from an Edinburgh point of view, I think the the Edinburgh crowd would have believed that they would have pulled it through, um, and it was a ding dong battle in the first half, as you as you rightfully say, and South African-born Jakub van der van der Volk kept them in the game. Obviously, he conducted the game very well at fly off. I mean, he is now a Scottish international. Yes. Um, you know, he was man of the match. Match and man of the match. So well. um, yes. they did well. I just think that the Stormers can actually kick themselves because they, as well, the scoreboard doesn't reflect that, but they should have won the game. Um, Edinburgh, having said that, I don't think Edinburgh were as polished as they normally are um, for whatever the reasons are. But um, this will, regardless of, of 
a draw, I think it would give the Stormers a lot of confidence. I mean, the previous week they, they also played well and they let that game slip. Um, but personally, for the first time in the in the championship, touring up north, not knowing what's happening, um, I think a 20-all draw, I'd take a 20-all draw uh, instead of a loss. I will definitely um, take it. I could it. definitely give them confidence. But yet again, I think... Um, Mr. Dobson would, would look back at this game and, and feel sorry for the charges that they didn't pull it through because they should have won that one. They should have won that one. And then, you know, yet again, just to go back to one of the previous rugby players that we've that we've had on our show, Evan Roos. Yes. That youngster, week in and week, week out, out, he produces definitely. the goods. You know, and, and if you Brilliant look, player. obviously, he's from the Cape, but he came to the Sharks yes. and the Sharks released him. He went back to the Cape. Um, and good for him. Since he's joined Western Province, obviously in the Curry Cup, and he's played for the Stormers now. You know, in the Curry Cup, you could say, okay, that's a local competition. How good is this youngster, really? Then you look at when we played against, when the Stormers played against the British and Irish Lions, the British and Irish Lions ran away with the game, but he stood up and, and he, he did you know, well. he made yes. his mark. Now in the north, I mean, he's just as if he, as if he's at home. You know, he's only 21. He's ticking all the boxes. He's got pace. He's got skill. He's got size. He, you know, and and heaven forbid, um, no injury or whatever the case might be. And that youngster keeping his head on the ground. I think South Africa is in a fortunate position where we've got yet again plenty loose forwards. But we've been asking the question with regards to a replacement for Dwayne. The meal in yes. the box. I mean, we've got Jasper Visa that hasn't done badly now since he's joined yes. uh, the box fray. And, but and I mean, we've got, we've got this guy, uh, Ivan Ruiz, we've got Pepsi Butelezi, you know, we've got the youngster from the Bulls. So, Eithman, I think we're there. And the fortunate part, I know we're going on about players now in the box, but the fortunate part about this is they are proving themselves in the United Rugby Championship. It's not a curry yes. cup against their own play. They're yes. playing international players, you know, and these youngsters are stepping up and they're well, only 21, 22. If you look at all the teams that they played against, um, all the British and Irish Lions players that toured South Africa were all over those those teams. All the international players from Scotland, Wales, Ireland, yeah. they, they, they're all in those teams. If you look at the names that we played against, it's, it's internationals. And, and there's like three, four, five internationals and, and Lions in some of these sides. Yeah. No, 100%. And, you know, it, that's what we said in the beginning when when they announced we'll be playing in the North. We said it could only do South African rugby yes. the world of good, and it's proven that, you know. And, you know, there's a lot of critics um, that, that spoke down on South Africa going to play in the North, and after the first two rounds, everyone said, yeah, you can see you're out of your depth and that. Um, but I think the players are, are getting used to conditions now and interpretation and so forth and they and they're finding their feet and if and I'm saying if with a big if because you're only as good as your last game but if last weekend is anything go to go by then I think we're on an upward curve and the players and coaching staff are now believing in their structures and that and the players are finding their feet and playing well. Well we asked Ricardo Lopesher <coughs> that question last week um does he think that the South African teams will do what the Sharks did against the British and Irish Lions from one week to the next? Whether the first week they were annihilated or almost annihilated, and then the next week they actually could have won that game against the Lions. And yeah, in the South African side's first two weeks, we we didn't quite adapt to the to the conditions and the playing styles and what. And yeah, in week three, we we could have had it four out of four. 
Yeah, definitely. And, you know, if you just take South Africa out of it, you look at the positive responses that have come out of the North after last weekend. Um, players and coaches alike, um, even media personnel that were singing South Africa's praises as to how they've adapted yes. and how well they've done and so forth. I think the only question mark really still is playing on the 4G pitches that yes. we still need to get used to, obviously. It's like it's like local hockey that is played on, on AstroTurf when you're not used to that, you know. So it makes a massive difference for, for you and I that as a spectator, we won't know the difference, obviously, until you play on it, you know. So the, bound, the ball bounces higher maybe or goes quicker or you play quicker, whatever it is. There's definitely a, a difference. There's definitely a difference. Um, yeah. And that's why they say even the pace of the game is different when you play in a 4G pitch. You know? So yeah. those are the conditions that we need to adapt to. And um, But I think we've done well. And, you know, and, you know if, if I was a coach, uh, yes, obviously you want to win every single game and there's your pride and the, and the franchise expects you to do well and obviously supporters expect you to do well. But as long as whatever your goals are that you've set, because maybe it is like that, that... They set themselves a target that they had to win every single game or who knows, maybe two games on the on the tour or whatever it is. But there will be other smaller things with a massive impact that they would also set their, their targets on. And that is possibly to get used to a 4G pitch or to get accustomed to the conditions or whatever it is. And those are the subtle little things that they will tick their boxes because when we have to go back and play there, then they've been there and done that. So there's no excuses. First time yes. we've been there, they would now know what it takes to play against the best teams in the north. We've had that in the south. Now we're going north, and there's more teams, obviously, than there were in the south that we played yes. against. And it's a different competition, but as long as we learn, I think we're on the right track. We're definitely on the right track. Talking to talking about the Sharks, um, Sean Everett was quite um, out of his skin when in when the Sharks or the final whistle blew and the Sharks won this game, quite convincingly though. Um, your thoughts on that game? Yeah, firstly, I sent him the odd message uh, before and after the game and obviously congratulating him and the and the Sharks on, the, on their good win. Um, and obviously, I think it's it's massive relief, firstly, yeah. um, not only for the players but for the coaching staff as well. Um, I don't think there's ever a time where you doubt yourself but there might be questions as to how you do things and that. I know there's a massive issue with regards to us getting accustomed to the way the Northern Hemisphere's referees conduct the game. Um, but, I mean, you can just see after the game, when, when the final whistle went, went when Bismarck Duplessis ran onto the field yes. and the celebrations. And, I mean, these are old, these are senior statesmen, you know. So and that just shows to the youngsters. You, correct. He actually went and congratulated the youngsters. And that shows how much that win actually meant for the team in mm. itself. And it just makes sense because you've got one game left before you come back home. Now, regardless of who you play, because all the teams playing in the United Rugby Championships are quality sides, now you're under pressure because you want to win at least one game when you come home after such a long tour. Um, now they've ticked that box against yes. the good side. So, um, but that's off to a youngster like Buta Chamberlain that yeah, put, his hand, up, you know? put so, his hand up. So properly. I read an interesting thing, and it's and it's and it's true. Um, you know, they talk about the uh, 50-20 rule. They talk about drop kicking from your own goal line and so forth. Um, now you get a guy like Buta Chamberlain that's waiting at the back there for that same kick to come. And he just slots it back as a as a drop goal. You know that defeats, I think, what um, World Rugby 
try to get out of that specific rule. You know, now if you've got a kicker like Buta Chamberlain, for argument's sake, less teams will be kicking at him because uh, they know yes. there's a possibility if you miss it and it's a marginal miss, it might cost you three points. But regardless of that, I think the teams played well in general. Uh, Buta Chamberlain obviously proved his worth. Uh, his challenge now is, and obviously the coaching staff believe in him, um, his challenge now is to take that same form into the next game and into the next game and into the next game. You know, then then it might still be early early days, but then you start looking at national colours because who is there after uh, Andre Pollard in the national side? Huisson, he's now injured. So who are they going to take north? Now it's your time to stake a claim to see who might be going north in the in the autumn test series, you know. So, yes, 100%. but well done, Sean Everett and coaching staff. Um, immensely proud of that uh, achievement. We are well done, guys. And then the Bulls game. That was also a game that started quite fiercely, and the Bulls pulled it back very well. Yeah, and and what was good about this game is it's their second half. The second yes. half, the Bulls just outperformed the opposition. Um, I think they were more ferocious in the breakdowns. Their carries worked well. Um, the backline functioned well. Um, that that That's Blue Bulls rugby that we know. Yes. Uncompromising, hard, physical rugby. Um, and, and yet again, they, they did well. And, you know, and hats off, hats off to them as well. I mean, when, when Huisson went off and Chris Smith came onto the field, he ran it as if he started the game and he's been playing for quite a while. Yes. You know, and, and let's hope Huisson is, is okay. I think he's going to be out for, for a few months himself. He's going to be out, yeah. Um, and Jake White has now called on Mornay Stain to go north. Um, so he's on his way to, to Europe. Yes. So um, he'll be featuring, uh, well, I don't know if he'll be featuring. I'm assuming he would because there's only one game left. Yes. Um, but it's sad for, for him as well because everyone was punting for Huisson to be part of the Springbok setup going north in the no, November no, test and no, uh, now he's probably out. So hence the fact that you need the other youngsters like the Buta Chamberlains and them to put their hands up because this might just be the opportunity for them. Might just be. Now talking about the, um, the spirit of the game, I don't know if you Brilliant. saw those. Yes. The Sharks, the Sharks going to watch the, the Bulls game and then... Mm. That festivity after the game between the two sides was absolutely, absolutely brilliant. Brilliant to see. Um, look, and that's that's the nice thing about you know, you read you read a lot about the rugby championships between South Africa, Australia, New Zealand, and Argentina, and us going north now. Or let's not go rugby championship specifically because that's obviously countries, but if you go more super rugby. Um, where we still played against those countries, but obviously their franchises. Now we're in the north, playing the northern hemisphere franchises. Everyone says it's different because in the north, they're all accommodating to suit the opposition and they're trying to let rugby win at the end. Obviously, you're fighting for survival yeah. and you want to win the game yeah. and whatever, but they're all accommodating to the opposition. And what has been nice is to see the Bulls and the Sharks support each other like that now. But even their franchises are saying, but that's how they do it. Hence the fact if you're in Ireland and you kick at poles, you don't hear anyone booing or buying or whistling when you're kicking and things like right. that because that's the respect that they have in the North. To come back to, to the Bulls and, and the Sharks, other than their support, what I also found quite quite interesting is 
ex-South African referee, Tapa Henning. Yeah. He's been up there for the last eight years, apparently, as well, doing flying his trade yeah. at that union. Jake White no. yeah. has asked him to step in to assist them to help with the referee interpretations. Yes. That, and he has opened it for the Sharks and Shorten Everett as well. So that is how close the teams are when they work together and to assist each other. So it's not only I'm the coach of my side, I'm keeping yes. it. Let's help the other South African teams as well. And there I need to say to Jake White, well done. Um, that is the true spirit of the game. Yes, you're on your own. You need to win. Ultimately, it's the South African franchises participating in that tournament. And let's see if we can benefit everyone. And I think it's brilliant of him. But that's just the nature of that beast, Jake White. At his level, he, he basically forces his players that's not playing or not in his squad to move and to go play for their, their clubs. He, he literally forces them to go back to their clubs and go and play. So if they're not in his squad touring with him and playing that weekend, they will play for their clubs um, and, and, and they will get game time. Now, him coming from the Bulls, uh, from the Sharks, being involved in the Sharks setup, and actually knowing Sean Everett very well, and I believe Sean has worked under him as well, um, knowing Sean very well, he now takes that same attitude um, between the two franchises to say, you know what, it's not only for me, it's for South African rugby. Um, my players going back to the, to the clubs, it's not only for me, it's for the club as well as the player to give him game time and to grow rugby, to get the youngsters or to give the youngsters an opportunity to play with these provincial, professional rugby players at club level. And then bringing those guys through the system, now he's gone one step further to say, I'm not only going to do it for the Bulls, I'm not going to hold this to myself, I'm going to give it to the Sharks as well. Maybe because he's, he's still a shock in his heart, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> but but that's just the nature of that beast. I think it's absolutely brilliant. No, hundred percent. Look, and, and whatever his reasons are, um, whatever, uh, it's actually it is brilliant. And and you know what I enjoy? I mean, if you look at a guy, doesn't matter what level you are at, but if you look at a guy like Jake White, he's been around the world. Yes. Okay, he's he's won many many esteemed trophies right around the world. Yet he is still prepared to share knowledge. Yes. And I think even in business, it doesn't matter where you are, it doesn't have to be rugby, but this is a prime example now. Even, but even in business, people tend to hold on to what they have and they don't like to share knowledge for whatever the reasons might be. And yes, they might be right, they might be wrong, who knows. In this case specifically, it won't be anything negative towards the bulls because Tapa Henning will not go to the Sharks and tell the Sharks, listen, this is what I told the bulls. He's going to tell both franchises exactly, exactly same, the same because thing. it's got to do with the Northern Hemisphere and how they interpret certain things. Yeah. Yes, individually, he might work specific to the Bulls on whatever Jake might have asked him. But so he could do with Sean Everett. Um, but I think, it, I think it's great to not keep anything to yourself and share and share like. I mean, a lot of our franchise coaches do that in off-season. They talk, I mean... With Rashi, Rasmus, and Jean Nimar, but they come in and they say this is what they want at the franchises. They all brainstorm. And then it's like a chess game. If you and I are opposite coaches, we know the same thing. It's how I'm going to outsmart you. That's just as easy as it is. But now, if, question to you as a, as a coach. 
talking to to Tapa Henning now, you obviously have this genetic um, presentation that that Tapa is going to give them. It's all genetic, but then afterwards, the coaches, coaches, as you alluded to now, the coaches now can go and ask him specific questions um, with regards to their game plan and their playing style, and and to see how they can manipulate manipulate maybe not the right word, but how they can play towards their strengths in the interpretation of those laws by the the northern hemisphere. Referees. Yeah, look, I think you're not far wrong when you say manipulate because I think it's, it's it forms part and parcel of what you're trying to achieve because you manipulate the space that you're in. Um, there's there's ways to get around certain facets of it. Then obviously, although it's a northern hemisphere referee, I mean some of our South African hemisphere referees ref in the same competition, yes. but although it's a northern hemisphere their strong point and where they focus, they place a lot of emphasis on the breakdowns. Yes. So if I was one of those coaches, I would say, right, Coach X is refereeing the game. How does he see it? Because a guy like Tapa has been there for eight years. He knows how the coaches operate and what they do. You know, even if it's even if it's a split-second thing that you will let go where another referee won't let go, then a good coach will say, right, that's where you'll be for that split second. Just slow it down for argument's sake or just put your hand on it or hold that guy back or whatever because they won't look at that. But if it's a continuous thing, then maybe. Or whatever it is. There's, there's yeah. some slight thing. Same as they analyse all the oppositions that they play against. Yes. So they'll analyse a referee. And I think Tapa might just have some decent things to, to tell these coaches where they could possibly take the benefit out of that in the next game. Yes, <coughs> then you mentioned something... About Ergius Neyman, you want to tell us about it? Yes, I'm, I'm so sad for him in South African rugby and Munster for that matter. Um, Ergius Neyman, obviously, as we know, he's just come back from a from a massive ACL injury that he yes. was out, I think, to speak under correction, for about nine months. And then they had that fire pit incident um, yes. at the end of last season. So he's just come back. I think he's played in two, could be the last three uh, games for Munster in the United Rugby Championship off the bench. This weekend he came on again and he did damage to that same ACL. Ooh. So the prognosis sounds as if he might be out for another six to nine months. So sure. it's very sad. Obviously it's sad for Munster. They yeah. pay his salary and that. I mean, he's hardly played for them since he's been there because the, when, he, when uh, he joined Munster, he got injured in his first game. And uh, he's just come back now, so now he might be out for another nine months. And obviously that's sad for the Springboks because he won't be going on the Northern Hemisphere tour either. Um, and yet again, it will give someone else the opportunity to go. But I mean, Ergius Neyman is such a giant and he's someone that you'd like in your team. Um, but it is what it is, you know. So Munster, obviously for the rest of the championship, won't have him and the box will definitely not have him in the in the autumn yeah. tours. And we wish... Uh, yeah. Here well in his recovery and All the best, hopefully he'll come back um, as we said same as with Jan Kuerson but hopefully yes. they'll come back before the six or nine months is up let's hope so then moving down south here to the western province um, I see that the CEO uh, South African rugby CEO Rian Uberolse has now assumed oversight over the union to try and 
turn this administration um, debacle around. Sorry, the former South African rugby CEO. Yeah, look, um, as you say, former, he was obviously in that uh, position for, for many a year. Um, and he will, he's got the experience. I suppose that's part of the reason why they tapped into his knowledge to take him there. And it's sad. It's sad for South African rugby. Um, I know sad. they've been they've been talking to to Western Province for quite a quite a while, uh, many a month. Um, they've they've tried to assist and whatever, and they've just I think it was yesterday um, on Monday or whatever it was that they've now just pulled the plug to say right, he will he will step in and assume the duties and and try and steer that ship in the right direction. And, you know, I'm saying it's sad from a South African rugby point of view, but for the Western Cape, you know, the Western Cape franchises, um, it's been such a powerhouse, such a successful franchise over the years. So many great players coming through that union and, and, and administrators for that matter. Um, and hopefully, SA Rugby would be able to, to salvage whatever should be salvaged there and, and get them back on track again. You know, we went through the same thing with Eastern Province. Yes rugby a few months ago and you know unfortunately they are where they are but western province is one of the front running or four running um provinces in in the country and we need them to to find all cylinders so let's hope we get it right because we need i mean quality players like the Evan Ruses and all those players they play up there you know so we need them now well there's big springboks that came out of that franchise so hopefully They'll be able to salvage it and turn it around. And um, the Stormers um, aren't doing too bad in the in the United Champions uh, Rugby Championship. So let's hope. Yeah, you know, it can happen soon. And 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 hats off to them. Hats off to yes. the coaching staff and the players yes. to stay positive. Because you know, at the end of the day, these guys pay your salary. You're yes. out of the country. You don't know. Well, when I say you don't know what's going on, obviously there's lots of discussion and whatever. But you don't know like a normal business when you come back and company's been sold to someone else, do you still have a job? And so, I mean, these guys play rugby for a living. That is their sole income. Yes. Um, you know, and, and they want to know that. They say, I mean, a guy like uh, all the players now and, and Evan Roos, has been noted that he's just signed a, re-signed his contract for the next four years. Yes. Um, then you have this and it's question marks and, and, you know, that's what you don't want what you do want, and that's what they, uh, South African Rugby Union said now. They took this because they want uh, Western Province and the coaches and that to focus on what they need to do, not worry about the administration part right. of it. And I, rightfully so. You don't want to sit in a foreign country, let alone in your own country, um, not knowing whether your salary would be paid in the next few months or whatever, and you need to produce the goods week in and week out. You know, So let's hope for province and for South African sake that they can pull it through and uh, turn the ship around. I'm sure they will. Then moving back home here to KwaZulu-Natal Club Rugby, some good news there that came through this week. Three of our local clubs have been pulled up to a, to a higher level. Uh, Westfield Old Boys going to play Premier League in the 2022 season, and then UKZN Durban um, also playing Premier League, and then the Harlequins is moving up to First Division. Your thoughts? Well, 
you know, it's always it's always nice to see some movement in that. And and firstly, from a Westville Old Boys point of view, they personally I feel they thoroughly deserve it. Yes. Um, you know, COVID has has played a massive part in in certain aspects of the game, and there wasn't many games played over the last two seasons. <coughs> Excuse me, um, but. You know, Westville over the over the last three seasons or so have done really, really well, um, and they thoroughly deserve to to go into the Premier Division. And and well done on them, uh, well done on their coaching staff, and then obviously the committee and the chairperson for steering that ship in the right yes. direction. And we wish them well. Um, then Definitely. UKZN Durban, um, our dear friend Donald Nguenya, he's from from that part. Yes, he is, and. Uh, him and and his admin team as well for for doing what they need to do to get the eyes of KZNRU focused on them to bring them to Premier Division. Yes. And it would be great to you know from a Mams and Toti point of view, and I'm sure from all the other clubs that play in the Premier Division, uh, to welcome them into into our side of it and looking forward to playing against all of them. Just just staying with UKZN. Um now both the U, uh, UKZN um, clubs, UKZN P, uh, Peter Maritzburg and now UKZN Durban, are both now in the Premier League, um, and that that I think votes well for the for the next uh, Varsity Cup or Varsity Shield, because those two teams together form the Varsity Shield side that actually played in the Varsity Shield earlier this year, which Donald also also was part of. And they did quite well. I mean, they didn't do as well as they wanted to, but they did quite well for their first run. So both of these teams now playing in the Premier League and having that exposure, so they've got a, a broader base of players to, to choose from. Look, I was fortunate and privileged enough to be part of the UKZN MP side that, that obviously plays in the, in the Varsity Shield a few years ago. Um, and when I was there, I was the coach at, in Durban at Howard Cottage, and, and I also said that for them to really be successful, they needed the Durban, which is our college campus, yes. to be in Premier Division. Because if you if you really think about it, most of the quality Premier players that you require to play at that level are from Durban. Yes. Um, and most of the players then already, so I can't really speak about now because I'm not involved, but... Mm then already didn't want to travel to Peter Maritzburg three times a week to train and play and so forth. Um, and it just makes sense to have a Premier Division club here for them where you will now attract more players because you have Varsity Shield status and you can make a name for yourself and so forth. So for me, I don't know what the setup is anymore, but for me it just makes sense. And I think they will be more successful as well. And I feel sorry for Maritzburg um, because obviously... One one is speculating now, but you don't know what the nitty gritties are between the two, between the two clubs, if you can yes. call it, because they're technically two clubs in one. Yes. Um, although they play out of the same brand, but it's now Durban and Maritzburg, and you know if you look at Premier Division in the past, the Durban franchises or the Durban club, uh, Howard Cottage, their players could then play for Peter Maritzburg in the past. Yes. Um, now they won't be released, obviously, because they're only going to be playing in Durban, and. I just hope that they still look after the Peter Maritzburg uh, club side because uh, it might just weaken them a little bit, and that would be sad. You know, yes. you you do this to try and promote the brand, 
maybe just to lose the Maritzburg one, which which would definitely be sad because I mean they've been in prem for for many years. But I think it's exciting for UKZN. Um, I think that that will open many more opportunities for them to to be successful. And honestly, I do believe from a Varsity Shield point of view, um, they would definitely benefit. And hopefully, within the next one or two or three years, max maybe. Um, fight to get promotion to Varsity Cup, which would be great for KZN Rugby. Yeah. And well done to the administrators, however they went about it for, for coming up with this. And then Harlequins moving up to First Division. Harlequins having had a, a bit of issues in the past couple of years, um, done extremely well to to pull the club through and actually be promoted to First Division. Yeah, yet again... Uh, one of my old clubs that I, that I yes. coached for a season or two and just want to congratulate Wesley Slubbert, their chairman, and yes. then Charles Bassarino, the coach, good friend of mine, um, for all the hard work they've done. And, uh, you know, they went down to the third div, if I'm not mistaken, after being in Premier Division, um, not giving up, fighting that fight. Um, and now with the promotions happening for them to go back to first div, it's, it's absolutely... Wonderful news to hear, and and you know Harlequins itself has been such a proud club with such great been, traditions, such yes. great players. Andre Joubert, Cabos Fonavestes, and they all played for that club. Uh, so you can carry on um, with great traditions and that, and and hopefully for them, they would keep fighting that fight. And who knows, maybe they'll be back into Prem again in a short short while. You know, a good so, success story, a club that's been right on top there and. and for whatever reasons, were dropped down to third division and, and just kept on fighting and fighting and fighting, now back in first div and maybe, who knows, in a couple of years from now, they're back in Premier. No, definitely. Look, they're in a similar boat to Ram from Toti Rugby Club. You know, yes. we're on the outskirts of, yep. of the hub, if you can call it that. Yes. Same as the richest bays of the world. So I think we oh. need to fight so much harder to try and retain players. With Harlequins, though, I think it's even worse because they are closer to the hub, although they're on the outskirts. Yes. So for a player that has quality that stays on the bluff to travel to town to play for one of those clubs there is, is easier than maybe travelling from him. i good to go to town, if it makes sense what yes. I'm saying. You know, but uh, whatever it is, I'm sure uh, Wesley and, and, and Charles and all these management that are there would, would focus around that and... Yet again, with a promotion comes sponsorships and all of that, yes, and they 100%. could prosper. When you look again, they're right they up there, and we wish them well. 100%. We do wish them well. Then moving on to the the tens tournaments coming up um, next week, Saturday on the 16th of October. Oh, this Saturday, excuse me. This Saturday, 16th of October, we uh, we kick off with the, with the junior Tens tournament. Um, Mums and Toti's third side will be participating in that tournament. Um, very excited. And then on the 23rd, that same tournament will be hosted by Mums and Toti in a Mums and Toti, which we can't wait for. Um, big one for us. Yeah, as we said last week, I mean, it's exciting firstly to be back training again. Yes. And then... Uh, to see the enthusiasm of all the players and yes there's question marks with regards to players available and fitness levels and, and all of that and it's going to be tough because it's a whole day's tournament it's similar format to, to sevens 
So you play three or four or five games, whatever it is, and yes. then you move on to the next week where all the teams participate at that specific venue again, and then you finish the third week. So it's, it's going to be tough on the body. And, you know, as I said, from a fitness point of view, now you play, it's a 10-minute half. Yes. So you play two two minute two ten minute halves and then you rest and then you have to warm up again and come back and play and it's going to be tough on the guys, yeah. but it's exciting. It's it's good for sponsorship. It's good for it's good for spectators. And I'm saying yes. it again. It's good for spectators. We allow two thousand spectators on the trot, yes. so um, it's it's absolutely fantastic. You know, and and from a from a Toti point of view, and I'm not talking Toti Rugby Club, I'm talking Toti Community. Yes. Um, when we host on the 23rd for the for the junior clubs and on the 6th of November for the senior teams, it's a must come down and must come and view. You know, you don't need to be there the whole day. Um, it starts at 9 and we'll probably finish around about 3 o'clock in the afternoon. So you're in and yes. out, come and watch you and support your team. There's 14 teams or 12 teams participating on the day. So take your pick, you know, it's, yeah. and it's going to be a festival Festival uh, atmosphere and it's just going to be some great two rugby. Team, two two fields, uh, two teams playing. Um, it, it's going to be rugby for forever. Yeah, no, it's exciting. And you know what? So similar to the professional outfits that are playing in Europe now, now all of a sudden because of the technically our two-year layoff in club rugby, yes. now you're going to get to know new friends and make new friends and lots of discussions and catch up with your old mates and from a coaching point of view, you know, we'll discuss yeah. things with other coaches. So it's just it's just a great all round experience and, and well done for the organizers for that and KZNRU um for for thinking about that and, and who knows it might be a, a annual thing going forward. Um but it's not a league per se, you know, like yes. we normally play. So um it's exciting. There's there's no real no. pressure. Just go out and enjoy yourself and let's get back into the swing of it. A nice year end Tournament. Definitely, because when you blink again, the league starts, you know. So yes. uh, we back it at early January and it's around the corner. In the past, mm. we wouldn't be playing in November, you know. So um, something new new for us, but exciting. Something new. Yes, so please, on the on the 23rd of October and then on the 6th of November, please come down to Amams and Toti Rugby Club and come and support our teams playing the tens tournament. Um, plenty to do. Plenty to see, some good rugby to to entertain. Um, come and join us. Definitely, and I think from a from a playing player perspective, I think the players would appreciate the support in that. You know, yes, they will. We've we've seen now in the United Rugby Championship the difference that support uh, brings to the table for players. Yes, um, you know, one silly thing that one won't think about is all of a sudden the the poor line-out throwers can't hear the calls and whatever because the spectators are now screaming yes. where they're used to having not, nothing on the side of the field, you know. So, But, I mean, as I said, it would be lovely. I mean, our boyfriends um, would be playing and girlfriends would be watching and the wives with their kids and mom and dad. And, you know, it's just... it's just Oma and Opa and the whole family. It's just, it's just great. I hope my Oma and Opa aren't there. But, <laughs> but no, it's, it will be absolutely great. It will and be I great. Can't look forward, I am looking forward to it. So please come and support us. Um, we will probably have a, a touchline um, insert as well, um, having some interviews with hopefully some big uh, union union names. Um, so please come and have a look and come and listen to what we've got to say.
Yeah, but not only that. I mean, you know, during the game, there's going to be live music and one yes. of us might be walking around to ask the odd question to a spectator even, you know, and we'll be on the on, the, on the six that would be live streamed and there's so much that's going to happen. You know, there'll be stalls that people can go and have a look at certain things and uh, people advertising stuff and yes. that will be magic. We can't, other than the rugby, <laughs> it would be magic to see the people there. Definitely will be. Mark, thank you once again for your input and your thoughts. I uh, really appreciate. Always nice listening to what you have to say and your views. Thanks, Gus. Yeah, always nice sharing sharing thoughts with, with you and obviously our listeners. Um, and just want to thank our listeners yet yes. again to all the support that you've given us and, and all the feedback and the comments and, and things like that. And um, hopefully we can take the show further and further i know we basically worldwide already where people are supporting us and yes and wishing us well and as you know um our friends that we bring into the studio are are well known and not yes. mickey mouse they're all quality players or quality coaches or whatever so um only mickey mouse is you and i <laughs> <laughs> definitely are thank you very much um Thank you for tuning in to Touchline. From myself, Kasper Els and Mark Cameron, have a great rugby week.